That's right. We are back in the stew. Welcome to the club. Club cool, that is. I am your host, Barrett Dudley. We are coming to you via the Grandex Labs feed. I have gotten word. We're going to be launching onto our own feed very soon. Probably, probably the first week of September. So we've got that to look forward to. We have a great show today. I've got merch coming soon. We might do a little giveaway here. There's a lot of exciting things happening with the Club Cool. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Guess what? Got a special guest today. It's Dave Ruff. Ha ha ha. You know what it is. <laughs> I, you know, I want to thank everybody that filled out our survey. I think it's already been hugely beneficial to making these podcasts even better and tailoring them to the wants and the needs of our listenership. And I just, I saw a ton of requests out there for more Dave. They got a fever and the only cure was more Dave <laughs> is what they were saying, basically. You can't cure that kind of fever. I mean, I think I think now that you're down to one podcast, but people have been hearing your your sport your combat sports minute. Yeah, that's shaking the on entire cover sports media landscape we, up. Yeah, which is just it's. I'm a disruptor. Yeah, the people are saying that. That's what I've heard. I've also got some some topics that that I I felt like I needed help answering. We're gonna get to those, but you're here. You're gonna help me talk about business casual, which. Mm-hmm which I think a lot of people are looking forward to. And I think you're probably you probably have the most experience with that. So we will get to that topic second. But first I I want you to kind of take us through your own style journey, if yeah. you will. So okay, how long have you been at, at Grandex now? Man, it's a uh, little over 3 and a half years. Okay. You got here you kind of we were in the clothing business. We are in the clothing business. Man Outfitters, Rowdy Gentleman, did... We did, launched Man like a month into my tenure. Okay. It was, I think it was Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I that was like my first or second week uh, with the company, I believe. So before that, before being involved with a company that had close ties and was involved in the, the clothing and retail business, how much did you care about, about clothes in general? I came from Lubbock, West Texas, home of Texas Tech, the Red Raiders. And I had to, I moving out there and working in the legal industry and specifically oil and gas, I had to switch my style up a little bit because yeah. I honestly, as much as someone from West Texas will tell you, like they don't think about fashion and stuff like that, you're judged on your appearance quite a bit out there. So I, I had to assimilate. And I had to become a little bit more Western than I yeah, really I mean, am as a suburban Dallas kid. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they might not be paying attention to the latest runway trends, but they Correct. definitely have their own status symbols and things that you need to have. I mean, mm-hmm. I imagine that that a lot of people out there were just like full on lizards, lizard skin boots. And yeah, it's a lot of so Lubbock is home. Like, I think it's ground zero Lubbock and Midland to um Square toe cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah. The square toe, which I'm not, a, I, I don't hate them. They're not for me, but the square toe boot is a must. If you work out there and you're in any kind of oil and gas services business, or even if you're just, uh, I mean, just somebody who works uh, on the outskirts of oil and gas, like you have to have them. But yeah, so I came from Lubbock. So I had a lot of, um, a lot of generic jeans, 
a lot of button downs. Not that different than what I'm wearing right now. Yes. Um, would you I, say are you in are you in the uh, what with the the bill splitter? I'm in a bill uni, I'm, yeah. uniform today. I'm in a bill splitter. So I, I knew I was going to be on here. <laughs> I told Bear yesterday I'm going to get a fit off, and I, I kind of contemplated like, what do I want to do here? I'm throwing it back to like 2008 when I'm. Uh, you could have found me on in Uptown Dallas, uh, maybe at Primos, a little bit hungover. <laughs> Uh, tucked in whitewashed jeans not the Wranglers these are actually rag and bone they were significantly more expensive than Wranglers <laughs> not a purchase I'm proud of but I, a purchase I made nonetheless uh, Brooks Brothers button down tucked in with a, uh, a belt from some men's store in South Carolina yeah it's it's a it's a solid look I'm about to post a picture oh, on the gram very soon and of here. course the most important part that ties it all together the Colhan driving loafer which every dude within a year of graduating, they get rid of their Sperry's and they go to the, the Colhan. That's, yeah. You do see quite a bit of that. Yeah, that was my move. But so I don't see you in this look as much as I did three and a half years ago. Like, what what would you say has, has changed since then? What have you gravitated? What, what do you, what did you gravitate? I'm sorry. What did you gravitate towards now? Okay, so I think this all stems from hanging out more with you and working here, being exposed to brands on Man Outfitters that I'm, completely unfamiliar with um but yeah so i i like i kind of expanded and i was like hey i don't i don't need to be afraid of a short sleeve button down anymore and that's kind of where i've switched it up because in the past when you're when someone was wearing a short sleeve button down it was usually the boxy ralph lauren one yep that looks like you like work at walgreens or something (laughs) or you're an accountant nothing wrong with either of those things but it's not the look you want to put out when you go to dinner sure um, but I've been exposed to more of the West Coast brands like uh, Ruka, Faraday's a great one, and Austin is just kind of lending. Austin lends itself to the short sleeve button down, and there's nothing I like more than just unbuttoning half the buttons when I'm a little bit intoxicated. So, would you say that that the short sleeve button down is something that? Previously, you didn't think you could pull off, and then over the years, you were like, hey, I can totally do this. Yes, absolutely. It's, that's kind of how I got adventurous or, or dipped my toe into being a little bit more modern. Um, the last thing the last thing I ever wanted to do was to look like um, a dad. That was like in my 20s when I was single, and, and you know, even into my early 30s uh, when I was not single, it was like, I still don't want to look like a dad. I don't feel like I'm that old. So I don't want to be the guy walking around wearing 501 jeans. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I've got friends who rock them and it looks good. But for me, um, it just wasn't the look I wanted. My, I've, I've, I'm not shy about saying my hair is not as thick as it used to be. <laughs> so like I've already got some components of me that are len- like leaning towards that direction of just like a washed up dad. <laughs> so I don't want, the, you know what I mean? So it's it's tough for me. And, I, and I, I'm kind of the kind of guy who overthinks what he's going to put on and yeah, my first step into the direction of, of caring about what kind of clothes I put on, that was the short sleeve button down. So I think that was my first exposure to it was working here. And uh, I've gotten a little bit more adventurous with like the the Sperry uh, and the CVs. Like those are something that I would have never have done in the past. Like I had Sperry's in college, like I said, the, the classic brown, you know, uh, dad shoe, but the more trendy ones that we've got now. So what would you, so you've, you've got, you've got the sneakers down now. You, you have grabbed onto the short sleeve button downs. It's all good, more West coast, casual Austin 
vibe that you've curated here. So what's next for Dave Ruff in 2018 on the style front? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> Man, I'm starting to get into the sneaker game a little bit more. Yeah. I have told this story on Touching Base, but I met Sergio Garcia, who is an Adidas guy, and he put on some boosts after he took his golf shoes off. We, we saw him on like a long story, but he was hitting some golf shots at ACC before the Dell match play. And these shoes he put on, I thought they were so tight. And then we met Sergio, and I was caught up in the moment. I asked Will to freeze. I was like, what What were those? He told me what they were, the uh, NQTs, I believe. Mm-hmm. I immediately got on my phone and ordered them. <laughs> and I haven't looked back. And, and they're great. I'm, I'm about due for a new pair, and I've been trying to buy shoes off of you. You have, yeah. I'm I'm just trying I'm trying to swing deals here, but uh, yeah, man, I, I like I like the tennis shoe game, and I'm, but I am a little bit self conscious about that because it's like I am 34. Um, it doesn't necessarily. I don't want to be like the dad, the guy, and I'm not even a dad, but the guy who's older who's trying to like look cool and hip by staying up to date with the with the tennis shoes, but. At the same time, I fucking love sneakers. The, the the athleisure trend is so prevalent now. Everything has gotten so casual. T-shirts are perfect going out where uh, Mike and I talked last week about how popular the elastic waistband shorts are. I it, Everything is so, you know, athletic looking right now. We got track pants. I, I mean, I'm constantly worried that continuing to follow some of those things makes me look like I'm trying I'm tr- like I'm trying to look young. It's a very it's a tough line. Yeah, but you don't look you don't you do look young. Uh, well, but but right, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like you're further away from being washed than many. Okay. Well, you're not, I think, you know what I mean? thank you for that. I saw so my style is I like to call it uh athletic Dallas golf dad. Okay. And a lot of that even though he lives in Austin, I saw Andy Roddick at Taco Deli one time picking up food. <laughs> and uh, he was rocking Lulu shorts, Travis Matthew shirt, Travis Matthew hat, and some, I think they were, I don't know if they were Jordans, they were just some Nikes. And I was like, man, that, that just looks comfortable as hell. And that's what A-Rod's wearing. I, okay, What so far my favorite thing about this conversation is that your style influencers are Andy Roddick and Sergio Garcia. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty those much. Are t- those are two guys that that epitomize what you're going for, and I, I think that's, I think that's a good recommendation for for anybody out there that that wants to adjust their style or wants to just pull something off better. Is just find guys that you identify with and that look the way you want to do, and then just pull bits and pieces he's from a big them. Dude, by the way, Andy, Andy Roddick. Yes, he's very. He's a lot bigger than I imagined. Like he's, he's built he, out. Yeah, he's and he's tall. Yeah, he is tall. Um, also his wife, Brooklyn Decker, not bad. Sergio's wife looks great too. Yes, she does. Uh, so I, I didn't really answer your question that well. When you asked like, what, what other, you know, how has my style changed? The athleisure stuff, the outdoor voices, the Lulu, pretty much those two brands. I've really embraced those in the last year and a half. Since we all kind of discovered outdoor voices, it's, sure. it's a new company. It's yeah, less than two years old, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in and I know their stuff is a little bit pricey. But it's quality. It's such quality, and it, and it makes a difference. Like I've had the, I've had some stuff from there that I bought oh, two years ago, and it's I still wear it heavily, like in the rotation. So with a 
Faraday Brothers short sleeve button down or rag and bone jeans or outdoor voices gear. How did you kind of justify those purchases at first, kind of breaking into that that mid tier price range? A seventy dollar t shirt? Sure. And <laughs> and then like what you know, what about it what about it makes it worth it? How did you kind of jump over that hurdle and kind of convince yourself that that you could do it or that it was worth it? Or if you think it's not worth it. Sure. Um, I mean, and obviously part of that is is age and career growth and making more money, obviously. But yeah. Yeah. But that, aside from that, it's, like big, a, it's a mental thing as well. I it's mean, definitely a mental thing. And so honestly, a lot of it start like stems from golf when I'm, I'm looking for something comfortable that I can play golf in and sweat in and not worry about like having visible swamp ass or just being uncomfortable, there's really nobody that makes anything that competes with Lulu. Mm-mm. I know people will say Under Armour. Problem with Under Armour is they don't fit. I'm I'm five nine and a half ish, about 155 pounds on a good day. The short the length of their shorts they're way too long. I'm anything that goes that, that covers up my knee it's not happening. Right. I believe in the knee. I like showing a little thigh as well. Thing is, if I go to Lulu and spend whatever it is on a pair of shorts like tech shorts that i'm going to play golf in they're gonna they'll hem them for me so you kind of get you get that benefit that is nice but also the confidence of knowing like this is the best thing on the market and i'm gonna go like when i play golf i want to feel good i may not play good but at least i look good i think there's a correlation there um as for the outdoor voices stuff like the the t-shirts and whatnot that's kind of where i draw the line on expensive clothing but I have like I've got some like fifteen dollar like Top Man T shirts or something. They look very similar to mm-hmm. the Outdoor Voices, just like a gray T shirt, but it's not nearly as is comfortable. And I like to wear those Outdoor Voices ones like when I'm just hanging around on a Sunday, or I'll, I'll even wear it when I go to dinner. I go to the bar, yeah, because I think at least in Austin you can get away with that. Totally, I think you can get away with that in a lot of places. Yeah, but I mean, you probably grab for that shirt more than you grab for the other ones. Definitely. And that's, uh, you know, I think that that's part of it is that you spend money on something that feels good and looks good and, and you're going to wear it more too. So that, that cost per wear goes down. Definitely. Um, and it's just quality, man. I've had so many clothes that in the past I've, I've, I've purchased that are, you know, not to at anyone, but Joseph A. Banks, like right out of college, I bought some, you know, a bunch of dress shirts and dress clothes from there. The stuff doesn't last. It it just doesn't. Um, even with like the going to like a Brooks Brothers outlet, the stuff doesn't necessarily last. Although, I think I've had this button down since college. Is that a, is, is that a uh, Joseph A. Banks? No, this is Brooks. Oh, Brooks. This Brooks, is Brooks, Brooks. Yeah, but you get what you pay for. Like yeah. you really do. And and until I worked here, I didn't really uh, venture into like the higher end stuff. Now on dress shirts, I used to. I was a big Hickey Freeman fan. Okay. Um, Peter Millar's a, a button down brand that I'm all about. Always have been. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a good, it's a good blend in my closet. I have way too many button downs. I don't wear, I've even tried to, I've donated some, I've even sold some to like swap.com or something, but, um, it's tough because, uh, the button downs, I feel like they kind of age you a little bit and you know, it. my, the biggest problem I have is, okay, if I'm not going to wear a button down to dinner to this, you know, nice restaurant in Austin. What am I going to wear? Well, we're a little bit lucky here and we can wear like a, an, an upper echelon t-shirt, but 
Um, if I'm back in Dallas or something, it's like I feel like I, I just fall right back into what I'm wearing right now. If I'm in Dallas, I'm like, well, I got to go. Like, You got to look the part. Yeah, I got to look the part. It's weird. It's such a mindset in different towns. So speaking of the, the button down that you've got on and, you know, kind of some of these these types of looks that we're talking about here, the bill splitter when you're out in Dallas, it's a good segue to the business casual part of our conversation. When you were in Lubbock, when you were working in law, were were you able to wear this bill splitter look to work or or was it suits? Uh, I've never had to actually wear a suit unless we were going to court. Okay. And and as as most lawyers will tell you, like you rarely go to court, right? Yeah. So pretty much the attire is um, slacks or even cotton chinos, mm-hmm. uh, a button down tucked in, boots in Lubbock, um, or you can wear like a, a deal sled or a loafer. Um, and that's it. And and you keep um, you keep a, a tie and a blazer like on your door just in case you have to run to court unexpectedly. That's classic. That's classic business guy one hundred one. The blazer and the tie just like hanging on your office door. Yeah, I can tell you. <laughs> even with like bit loafers though in Lubbock, I felt a little bit too Dallasy because uh-huh. uh, for some reason like bit loafers have a Dallas. At least for my me and my Texas friends, they have like a Dallas association. Even though I'm to- sure no, there's totally. there's well, finance bros in Houston running around wearing bit of course, loafers. but Dallas is the one that has that kind of more glamorous, glitzy, yeah, uh, pretentious F- vibe to it. Definitely, uh, and I mean it's you know that Cash McMogelson was from Dallas. Let's put oh it that man, way. have you done a segment on Cash? I have not done a segment on Cash. How many people listening right now understand <laughs> Cash McMogelson? At least a dozen. Man, we tried to. Br- <laughs> I, I found the person who authored those and reached out. I want him to write for PGP. This yeah. is like four years ago. And uh, she I, didn't, she did not have any interest. I, I, that's not surprising because I think Cash was supposed to be a scathing um, satire of that type of Dallas bro. And instead, it was just completely embraced by them. By kind, of, kind of like TFM. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of very similar. Uh, yeah, no, I think you're right. But. Uh, the bit loafer, you know, that's that's something that I I pretty much wore daily in Lubbock, and when even when I was not in Lubbock practicing law, I became a huge fan of that. Or you could just wear a driving loafer, or even tell just you a dress you, shoe, right? A dress shoe, yeah. You know, an Oxford um, or a Capto or something like that. The uh, the vest, the fleece vest is huge out there, and I, I Duda just wrote an article on on postgradproblems dot com about how business dudes are embracing the fleece vest Mm -hmm. and and that's something i'm a big fan of did did he reference the fleece vest vending machine at the san francisco airport oh i don't know i did not know about this there is a it's it it got torn apart online it's a vending machine i believe it's at sfo oh that's amazing you can buy fleece vests from it and it's 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 making it's doing really well they're selling a lot of vests are they brand name yeah, my uh, producer Micah, do you mind looking that up for us real quick? Well, I think it's. I want to say it's might be Uniqlo that was doing it. Okay, I can't, I can't remember, but they're, Man, I they're, love that they're moving some vests. I don't. I don't. Uh... It's kind of where where some of this you know finance and law business cash has met Silicon Valley. You know, look, it's kind of like the in between. If Silicon Valley was the zip up hoodie. The fleece vest is kind of okay. there, you know. That makes sense. Um, I don't know. And it is kind of fun to wear it around the office. They're comfortable. It is, in fact, Unico. And uh, according to an NPR story, 
the airport representative says the vending machine takes on average ten thousand dollars in sales each month yeah at the san francisco airport <laughs> not bad <laughs> this is from august 1st of this year so this and a uniqlo fleece vest doesn't cost as much as a patagonia i mean i think the, i think they cost 50 bucks or something like that so so it's it's making bank yeah anyway what i meant to say is if if this if the zip up hoodie is like your tech nerd engineer then the fleece vest is like the venture capitalist guy investing in that company. Yes. So it's definitely taken on a new life. Absolutely. Know, the fleece vest is it's ubiquitous at this point. Everybody's everybody yeah. everybody, everybody can get into uh to the fleece vest. It's well, funny, I wore a fleece vest to uh, the Wormy Dog Saloon in Oklahoma City one time when I was in law school and a guy called me Aladdin. <laughs> Aladdin. Aladdin, you know, cuz the vest. Oh yeah. And I was like, "Really?" It was it was pretty good. I was like, I I, I think that's from Superbad or something. I, I think it's a movie quote, but it, it still caught me off guard. And ever since then, that guy's been in my dome. Every hmm. time I go out and I'm wearing the vest, I'm like, oh. Well, you, it, it, you'd have to wear nothing under the fleece vest. That's what I said, man. People are mean. Yeah, that's, man. Fucking haters. You know <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> uh, so what is the... what? Did you have any pet peeves or what, what was the worst thing that you saw business cash guys doing? Yeah, so before I went to law school, I was a IT recruiter with a pretty big company out of Fort Worth, and it was all over the map. I saw a lot of square-toed dress shoes, which oh the no, I don't know why those are those just piss me off, but they do. And I know I'm going to hear about this because a lot of our listeners probably are making that mistake. But just the black square, the black square toe, what are you doing like. I don't even know what to call it, but I know everybody should know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That squared toe clunky black or brown thing is <laughs> does not qualify as a dress shoe. It's very it's it's yeah, it's it's the bane of of style everywhere. Yeah. Um I think uh the toughest thing was figuring out if I'm wearing slacks and I'm wearing gray slacks. Do I wear black shoes or do I wear brown shoes? Um, that was that was hotly debated. If I'm wearing navy slacks, do I wear black shoes? Because I know that's that's a very lawyer thing to do. Uh, navy with black, yeah, yeah, black shoes. Um, I know it's like the more cool, like modern guy to wear a brown shoe. I agree, and you can get away with that. But I think either works though. The older generation of lawyers will tell you, no, you wear you wear black shoes with your navy suit. And you know, okay, I don't hate it, but at the same time, I feel like I feel like I'm dating myself or aging myself again. Yeah, I mean, if that's very, it's kind of the Baker Botts thing. You know how if if you're unfamiliar, Baker Botts is a very big law firm with the reputation as as being one of the most conservative, and I mean that very squared s- away style wise. Yeah, like there's only a you you wear a white or a light blue dress shirt, you wear a gray or a navy suit. Like there's no no frills. You're not walking into Baker Botts with a partner shirt on, with like a contrast white collar mm-hmm. on a blue shirt. You're not wearing cufflinks. You're not wearing wingtips. No, like nothing flashy, basically. And so I feel, I feel like the the brown shoes with the navy slacks or the navy suit is definitely kind of falls into that. Like you said, slightly more GQ, slightly flashier look. Yeah, it's 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 almost like. I remember the same way people think about guys wearing skinny ties. That's how they 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 look sure. at guys wearing brown shoes with a, a navy blue suit. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I I am vehemently anti skinny tie for the record. 
Not a fan. I don't like any diversity in my ties. Okay. I'm a traditional tie guy. But now are you tying up a tie knot like Ari Gold on Entourage? No, no, no. like a massive Windsor knot? No, no, no. I'm pretty subtle. Um, you know, I didn't have to go to court all that much in my day, but um, I didn't want to be too flashy yeah. with it. But I, I just feel like if you're wearing like a skinny tie, it's like, all right, we get it, Jim Halpert. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're different. I don't know. Well, it's not... It very much says that you're doing something with your style. It's yeah. like a, it's a, it's a it's a statement. So in a business situation, if you're walking into a boardroom or if you're walking into a courtroom, y- yeah, a skinny tie you better be this like you better be the owner of the company or something, right? Sure. I always remember, you know, when I started getting into this stuff and you know, my dad would just chuckle at how my suit was quote too tight. Or my tie was skinny, like and and I and I always thought it was what I always said to him was well you know like who's wearing this stuff then and he's basically he basically told me that that he would always say that pretty much unless you're at some boutique firm or creative agency in New York like you're not doing all that all that kind of more modern off the wall stuff that makes sense you know like like basically. Anything else is is way more toned down and conservative and old school and traditional when it comes to to being professional. So you you won't command basically if you walk in with a skinny suit and skinny tie, you're not commanding as much respect as you would in just the the more traditional look of a the three inch wide silk Hermes tie or something like that. You know? Yeah. No, I. I- that makes sense. Um, so that's why I just say, especially if you're lower on the totem pole, it's like you have less leeway to kind of be creative with with your looks definitely, in a business environment. Definitely agree. Um, that made me think of, of something that um, has always kind of bothered me, and that's when I see guys wearing like very noticeable belts with their suits. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know, maybe it's because I've embraced the no belt with the suit look because i Humble brag, my suits are tailored to fit me now. Um, I I just I, the thought of putting on a belt with it, it just like I feel like it's a distraction, mm-hmm. and it feels clunky to me. Yes, yeah, I agree. Um, and that's that's a that's something that I wouldn't have done five years ago. Yeah, it's like okay, I put on my black belt with my navy suit. Right. Yeah my my biggest negative reaction to business casual was it was kind of. We kind of touched on it earlier. It was kind of the same reaction that I had to the traditional fraternity garb in college. And it's it just always felt like it didn't fit quite right. Like the shirt the shirts were too blousy or the pants were too long or you know like like I just wished that it was all trimmed down a little bit. So so these days, you know, the a time that I can think of recently that I was just in a, at a rehearsal dinner in at a wedding in in Asheville, North Carolina, and I put on you know chino slacks with a tucked in Oxford shirt, but I felt really good about it because it all at now at this point in my life like everything just like fit me to a T, and so that that's that's kind of the shift that I made yeah in my kind of business casual wear is like just from off the rack baggy or polo and Brooks Brothers stuff to finding brands that that fit me better and that were more tailored and just cut a better silhouette basically. yeah see the, the whole the frat look at least when we were doing it it was about trying to look like a dad I, yeah 
Right. You wanted to look like you could. You had a meeting at three. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was either at any moment you could go into a boardroom or go to a golf course. Those are the those are like the two looks. Um, and and that kind of helped like a couple years after out of college because I had a lot of clothes I could still wear. And I think for a lot of kids right out of school, it's like, well, I don't want to. Div- I don't want to like veer too much from this. I don't, I don't know where to go. And I, I think like. We've talked about this on other podcasts that we've had you on on Touching Base. Um, it's like first step. It's like what jeans do I buy now? That's always the hardest part. Some some guys like a lot of Houston dudes, a lot of Fort Worth guys, Midland, uh, Lubbock, they just stick with their Levi's and and they'll even wear their Wranglers, and that's fine if you can pull that off. Um, other guys like me, it, it took me a long time, but I remember my first purchase for like Casual Friday when you could wear jeans. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, I'm not going to wear my, I'm not going to wear whitewashed Wranglers. <laughs> so I had to go buy some, I think my first pair were like AGs uh-huh. from Nordstrom or something. And I remember being, it took me like three hours. I tried on so many different pairs. I had multiple salespeople helping me and it was, I was in my own, in my own head about it. I was like, well, I don't want too much stitching. I don't want anything that's, you know, extra. I don't want any of the, uh, the fade, um, or God forbid the tears, um, but yeah, that that wasn't necessarily business casual, but I remember like casual Friday in a corporate world, it was like, well, I got to wear jeans. I just don't know which ones. That was tough. Yeah. Yeah. So if suddenly Grand X became very buttoned up, very professional, and we switched the dress code from non-existent to something more along the lines of business casual, can you think of anything that you would do to like stand out or mix it up if if you wanted to or or is that kind of a a non-starter with the whole thing because the idea of business casual in and of itself is to be professional and straight list i would probably stand out without trying to just because most of my work slacks are tailored to fit and break on a on a boot mm-hmm. like a cowboy boot so i would be wearing a lot of boots yeah so there's not a lot of people here that would be wearing that. Um, you know, I, I don't know how how crazy I would get. Um, man, by the way, I'm just thinking about what that would look like in my head with all these people wearing business casual. <laughs> it I would, would be so weird. Dude, it was, think about seeing like Jared. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, or Dan. Dan well, is harder to picture. Remember Dan I had that I can't see Jared. Jared would just be wearing like baggy golf polos and chinos with his boat shoes yeah okay that makes a little yeah that, that i guess i could i see can it. picture that dan had that phase where he wore mizzen and Maine like every day that's true that's true which they do make great dress shirts yeah um especially for this heat yes so yeah i mean i i think i would i would just go back to my generic lawyer guy ways yeah yeah it, it it's it's hard to say you know even if we did suddenly switch over to business casual it'd still be you still wouldn't have like a lot of policies in place. You'd still be able to do different things. So I feel like I'd probably mix it up with like kind of the coloring of pants. You know, navy and khaki are, are very standard. But there's I, I, there's a whole bunch of other good colors out there. Like I love charcoal chinos. Yeah. You do like some, some you know, dark green jewel tones or olive I think is a good way to mix it up. Olive's a great one. Um, just traditional khaki is just I can't I can't do it. Yeah. I'm yeah. not a big fan of that. I've got khaki shorts, but like as far as wearing khaki pants again, I you know I'm not Jim Harbaugh. I'm not looking. To, I'm not looking to break that out anymore. Uh, and then you know I might, 
the Brooks Brothers shirt you have on right now is a very traditional. I'm not sure if it's if that's just like a mini check or a tattersall or or whatever, but but there there are a few different plaid patterns that basically appear on all your various Polo or Brooks Brothers or Joseph A. Banks button downs, and it's like the window pane, the tattersall, the micro check, the gingham, and there's there's more out there. So I would just kind of like look to mix it up with with the patterns on the shirt as well. You know, I I feel like. Even solid color shirts to me are almost more modern than yeah. some of these older style plaids. I'm a big fan of just a solid cream or a solid white um, button down. Yeah. It can look great. Uh, I'll give a shout out to uh, Nordstrom, their signature label. They make great ones that are perfect for, they're, they're, they're affordable. First of all, I think they're like 55 bucks or something, 60 bucks. They last and it's, it's what you need if you're somebody who's coming out of school in their first job. Go check it out because they've got like four or five different colors. They look great with suits. I still wear them, um, and I think I think a nice white button down can go a long way. I agree. Yeah, you just get a few of them, and I mean, honestly, if I was, in, if I I would have a bunch, and I would wear solid button downs, especially oh. white, a, a bunch. But one thing, do not do not have a visible undershirt with uh, your button down. That's a good call. Sir. That's a good note. That's something that I used to I used to get on to people for, and I. I wasn't the fashion police, but I would be like, dude, that's such a bad look. It's yeah. And they're like, well, I got chest hair. It's like, dude, embrace it. It's not unprofessional. It's fucking alpha. (laughs) All right, Dave, let's say that you're in Dallas. You're dressed in your business casual, but you're going to the Mavs game later that night. Oh yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten some questions about wearing jerseys. So I want to talk Jersey, modern day, 2018 Jersey etiquette. What's the deal here? What are you, what, what are you wearing a Jersey to? What are you definitely not wearing a Jersey to? Okay. Here's the deal. If I'm going to a Dallas game, Mavericks game, Cowboy game, Stars game, I'm going to do some kind of a bit. Okay. I am where, okay. And like, here's the thing. Dallas First of all, Mavericks games are known for the lower bowl being a bunch of dudes who just left, you know, whatever finance job, banking job, lawyer job they have, and just going straight there. Now, some of them will just buy jerseys when they get there and put it on over it, <laughs> or they'll bring their jersey from home, whatever. I call, and I love that look. I call that the Mitt Romney. That is the Mitt Romney. Thank you. He, he did that at a jazz game this past season, and I mean... It's a power move. It in is. My a, it's a power move. I, I I love it. I think it's so funny. It gets made fun of, and it it's the most Dallas thing if you think about it. The Clippers owner Steve Ballmer goes like a Clippers T shirt over his business casual, and I'm not into that. I'm not down with that. I don't like but, that. But and, there's something about <laughs> the jersey over business casual, which is just I, I don't know. It's so it it kind of fits into the whole like anti style thing right now, or that or the. It's like the ugly shoes being popular right now. It's a disruptor. Yeah, it's kind of like this look that is so <laughs> off kilter and not good looking that it it's it's just kind of cool. Like yeah, I'm a big fan of it. In fact, I've done it. I've done it with a Dirk jersey. Well, I, I feel like I've seen you do this with a hockey jersey too, which I think oh, is a little sweater. I'm into that. I think it lends itself to it because it is modeled after you know people like a hockey sweater uh-huh it fits over you only have a little bit of the collar sticking out right 
Um, plus, it's a little bit. It's normally cold in the arena, um, and I did this recently. If I go to a Stars game, I'm wearing my Stars jersey. Yeah, and because um, what I mean, you're not going to wear your Stars your 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 hockey sweater with nothing under it. Um, why not wear just a button down or something? Yeah, it's a great look. Um, now Cowboy games, that's tough. If I'm going to a professional f- football game, if I'm going to any kind of NFL event. I'm doing it tongue in cheek because they're not that fun to go to. <laughs> I would much rather watch it from home, um, especially Cowboy games, because there's a number of reasons why I don't want to go to Arlington for a game. Yeah, we won't get into that here, um, but I'm gonna go with my. I have a primetime jersey from like 1996. Okay, I've got my Dion jersey that I might wear. I need to re up. I I don't know who I would get now. I might just go with your classic Dak. I think Michael Gallup might be the next guy whose jersey I get, but I think I think you should definitely wear a jersey and embrace the bit. What What about going custom on a football jersey with like the number sixty nine and then something uh-huh. like you know donkey truck on the back, crime dog? Yeah, crime. Yeah, sure. Wow, um, that's going all in. If you're somebody, okay, that's a great move. If you tailgate, if you have season tickets, <laughs> if you're just going to one game. I think that might be a little much. If you've got the resources, all right, do it because you're probably not going to wear it too many other times. But if you're if you're in like um, if you're Bills Mafia or something, uh, I don't even know what you what you call it. What's the Texans? What's the Texans tailgate? We don't have anything cool like that. The Bulls on parade. I do have my Bills Mafia note in here though. If you're part of Bills Mafia or you're going to Buffalo games or or you're just up in that general area, you have a free pass to wear football jerseys. It's just part of the shtick. You got to fit in up yes. there, and that's you need your Bills jersey. Bonus points if it's number sixty nine with something absurd on the back. I think. Yeah, I. Oh man, that would be so fun. <laughs> Bills are like my my AFC team too. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, if I'm if I'm going to a Cowboy game, I, I've gone to them before with like I have. Uh, remember the weight the the new era caps. That have the uh, the shark fin starter caps. Is it starter? Starter was doing those. I had yeah. one from from whatever. I Cowboys. have a Cowboys one of those. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I still have it, and I used to wear it to games, and it, and it doesn't fit. It's too big. It looks idiotic, <laughs> but I would wear it to games. It was kind of the bit I was going for. Yeah. Um, throwing that on with the jersey. I mean, you're going to an NFL game on Sunday. You're you're definitely drunk. Like, just go. I mean, don't try to don't try to look like a normal person at an NFL game. It's absurd. Yeah. Everything about the NFL is absurd. Just embrace it. So I would say here's one sporting event where I think that you definitely do not wear a jersey, and that's a college football game. Agree. That is... Especially if you're a grown man. Yeah. That kind of singles you out and identifies you immediately as... I don't know. Like a... Almost like you take it too seriously. You take it too seriously. If you are not related to that player. Yeah, that's a jersey of a kid that is under 21 years old. Who's not getting paid. Who's not getting paid. Who's not going to see money off. So it's just weird. It's like... Yeah, no, I I completely agree with this take. When I see an adult wearing a a jersey of a current player, like in a college game, I'm like, I think, oh, I wonder what family member that is. And then then I start to think, what if it's not? What if that's just some guy and this is all he's got? He's way too invested in, and you know, whether A and M's, you know, going to work out with this Jimbo yeah. hire. Yeah, it's just a little sad. Yeah, so that that's when I would not wear a jersey. 
just as far as you know i think i think nfl like you said it's it's already such an event and kind of such a silly thing in general that there's pageantry involved you go for it now my thing with so this is this is for me personally i don't, I don't know exactly why this is i guess I guess I would say an NBA game and basketball games in general are kind of like the glitziest, you know, that's, you, you got all the celebs at Lakers games. No, there, there are no outdoor venues in basketball. So it's always inside. You, you got people close to the court. It just feels like the most kind of social event or not social event. Cause that's more like college football, but it's, it's the most like red carpetish. Yeah. So when I go to, when I do basketball games, either Either if I'm going home to a Rockets game in Houston or I'm going to a Longhorn game here, that's when I try to I dress like I'm almost like I'm going out afterwards. Like that's I, try, a, that's I put something on something that I really about. like. That's definitely something you have to think about too. Like I try what to are we doing cool after? at a bas- at a basketball game? Basically. That's smart. Um, because after an NFL game, after a Cowboy game, I'm not going out most right. likely. Yeah, it's just it's either a Sunday night or a Thursday night, right? Or Monday night. I'm not going out after that game. Um. But if it's if it's a Mavs game or a Rockets game, great chance you're going to that on a on a Thursday or a Friday, a Saturday. Yep. You got to think about: Do I want to be hitting like dinner and the and drinks, rocking, you know, whatever you know, blue T-shirt they gave out of the game or something? <laughs> you got to plan ahead. So we, we've mostly touched on jerseys at these live sporting events, but how do you feel about just kind of like at home wear or if you're if you're hitting a bar or going to a house party for a game are you still are you as into jerseys in those situations because i don't think i am personally almost uh, they think they work better almost like you were saying like not uh, kind of as bits but it's like part of the live event that you can wear the jersey yeah and it feels a little more i, I don't know my friends and my friends back in uh, dallas we used to like watch the sunday games together and our goal was to look as much like the like shitty Bud Light or Miller Light commercial <laughs> generic sports fans as possible. So we would get so together you would go Jersey. and we would order the pizza and the wings and we would just be like, you know, generic fan guys. <laughs> and now it, it was all dudes, unsurprisingly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you don't want to. I'm not going to go watch the Mavs game and rock my dirt jersey. Yeah. Basketball is hard because they're sleeveless. Yeah, it's sleeveless and nobody. There's too much. You don't yeah. want to wear like a, a white undershirt. The white under, undershirt looks a weird look. under it. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Basketball jerseys, I mean, they honestly, they just work best on top of the business casual pulling off the Mitt Romney. Now, one thing I did want to kind of talk about is basketball, I think they identified that soccer jerseys were actually the easiest to wear. They That makes sense. They're the most cut, just like a short sleeve t-shirt. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like baseball is a button up. Which, by thing. the way, nobody's wearing a baseball jersey to a, a, a major league baseball game. No, that's we didn't even talk about that. We didn't. It's because it's, it's, it's not happening. <laughs> I mean, this is coming from a Rangers fan. The the, the stadium was outdoors. It's too hot. Just not going to do that. It's not comfortable. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No. Well, so yeah, baseball is a button up. A football jersey is kind of oversized with really long sleeves basketball jersey has no sleeves right the hockey jersey is like a big sweater thing the soccer jersey is like a dry fit t-shirt basically yes that makes sense it so with this you know the rise of athleisure it's the easiest to wear casually i think and i i you know the nba had the idea with the short sleeve t-shirt style jerseys almost yeah and i know the players didn't like those but 
I kind of thought that could have caught. I think that could have caught on if they had stuck with it. Yeah, I'm. So are they completely out on those? Like that's not happening. I don't think they did them at all this past season. I think it was like a one or two season trial. They they decided that it didn't work and they bailed on it. But I think they should try it again. I mean, everybody's already doing the compression sleeves and, and right the tape now. Yeah, the so, tights under the shorts. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I I would consider. Well, I think the Rockets need a complete overhaul of their uniform and logo in general. Mavs too. But but I mean, I would wear something cool if the Rockets came out with it. Um, you know, I seen Drake wear soccer jerseys now. There's a really cool kind of small brand. This London designer, her name is Martine Rose. She just released like these soccer jerseys, which kind of have this weird twist to them where it looks like the whole jersey has kind of been shifted and like pulled it's 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 unique and interesting looking but i but it, i mean i'm seeing the soccer look in fashion now even as well so I, you know i i think that's out of all these jerseys i think that's the easiest style to actually just wear in a fit if you want to yeah i agree speaking of i've adopted tottenham as my my English Premier League team this oh, year. Oh really? Yeah, I've decided I'm going to try to get into it. That's good. And I might what buy, made you, what I made might you buy a Tottenham them? jersey. Do it. Uh, was it the logo? No. Okay. Well, so I was talking. I was in my I was in my group text with some high school buddies. One of whom is from is originally from England, and weird. I was talking of just about like which soccer team I wanted to adopt, and I originally was cho- going to choose Paris Saint Germain because they did they have awesome gear, awesome logos seems like a team that kind of fits my personality but my but my buddy thomas was basically like no the french league sucks you'll only have a few (laughs) champions league games to cheer for them like you need to choose an an epl team because they play the most they play every saturday you can watch them but then i didn't want to be like too front running by choosing like liverpool or man u so i just i that's why i just went for like you know like a good team that's the way to do it but not one that i'm where i'm clearly being a good glory supporter but yes, they have cool jerseys too. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I think that those are the those are the, the boxes you got to check. You don't, you definitely don't want to go in on like a, a a power five team or something. Yeah, that's yeah, it's a little tacky. You got to have somebody who has some history there and and had their, a lot of lows, maybe a couple highs. So there's you know a ceiling there. But yeah, well, we've touched on sports and we've touched on jerseys. These are things that most dudes really like and enjoy. Most guys also start losing their hair by age 35. Oh, that's interesting. 66%, in fact. Wow. The thing is, when you start noticing that your hair is slipping away, it's probably too late. So it's actually easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. This is very true. Yeah. So, thanks to science, baldness can be optional. That's where hymns comes in. Mm-hmm. Go to fourhims.com. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and other wellness supplements for men. Connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss without having to break the bank or wait in a waiting room or schedule an appointment with a doctor or drive out to Westlake 20 minutes away to go see somebody. You just get the app. You take some pictures of your dome. You send it in. Micah, you have some experience with hymns, don't you? Sure do. Yeah, you go to fourhims.com slash grandex. You take like five photos of your dome. They match you with a doctor in your state. You answer a few email questions. Before you know it, you have prescription drugs at your home, assuming that you, uh, you know, live in a home. Or you live at home, yeah. They mail them directly to you. 
You don't even have to go to the pharmacy. You don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to go to the waiting room. You take some photos of your head. You confirm that it's you. And then, bing, bam, boom, you have got uh, you have medically, medically proven, long-established uh, generic equivalents of prescription drugs just at your house. It's amazing. An underrated thing about this is that you don't have to go to the doctor's office like that's going to you know do your your hair therapy or like a dermatologist and because and it's great because they have like the hottest assistants <laughs> and like front desk girls and that's so defeating when they know you're in there to get like bald drugs and it's just like oh god it's so embarrassing well you can get some of the, these things that will help you with the hair for just five bucks today that's freaking ju- that's crazy yeah. so club cool listeners get a trial month of hymns for only five dollars right now while supplies last you go to forhims.com slash grandex. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash grandex. Tool around on their website. There's even some before and after photos that you can check out. It's a win-win situation. It's costing you basically nothing to try this out and get some of these, you know, effective solutions that can really help you out. Don't wait. Don't That's wait. all I'll say. Yeah. And... That actually is the perfect segue from forhims.com slash grandex to our last segment. So I'm going to read a, a listener question from Rob. He says, hey, man, love what you're doing with Club Cool. Thank you, Rob. I'm a 32-year-old dad in a corporate job with steadily thinning hair, and I want to get your thoughts on when it's time to go with the buzz cut. Rob. Obviously, Rob, you got to try forhims.com first. But then yeah. what? Rob, Rob, just do it, buddy. <laughs> just just trust me. <laughs> this is tough. And uh, most guys are going to have to ask themselves this question at some point, right? Yeah. Um, this dude's married, right? He's a dad. He, he doesn't say that he's married, but I, I, would, I assume so. He's a dad. He's 32. Man. Yeah. <sighs> Can he wear visors? That's a great test. <laughs> if you can no longer wear visors, it might be time to uh, to get rid of it. Yeah. So, and how thick is the hair you have? That's some guys just have naturally thin hair and have always had it. So when they lose their hair a little bit, it looks a lot worse than it is, and and that's tough. And that's the way it is. And it means you're going to be the dude who can't go to the Vegas pool party without putting sunblock on his dome. Yeah. And that's embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, and you wouldn't have to really worry about it that much if you just did a full shave. I, it would I, be less awkward. I completely understand the desire to hold on to it, which is why it is great that there that there are solutions out there to to try to help you effectively maintain it. But basically what I would say is that you kind of have to look at like a Larry David scale. Oh, yeah. And five is kind of... Uh, if one is full head of hair and 10 is Larry David... If you're past the five, if it's starting to to do the horseshoe thing on you, that then it's definitely. If you're into George Costanza or Larry David territory, I think you go full Statham. I agree, but the thing about going full Bick, full Statham. Well, he's got he does he he's like what does he have? He's not completely chromed dumb. Okay, it's like it's basically he basically does like the shortest buzz cut you can do. I feel like to pull that off. You kind of need to be in shape. You need to okay. either be thin okay. or jacked. 
You can't you can't be like uh, overweight and have that look. I mean, you can be, but it just it just isn't good. Okay, I'm I'm I think I'm with you there. You know what I mean? Yeah. My my roommate, uh, he he was kind of dealing with this same question. My ex roommate, he's married now, um, and he basically he just, what he started doing was what he just did it bit by bit, like. He started with, I don't know, just a very short haircut. And then a couple months later, he went back and he went with like a four buzz. And then like a couple months later, he went and he got a three. And like he basically just slow, like gradually went to a, a very short buzz cut. And I think I think when you do it that way, it's it's hardly noticeable. Because if you if you go from really holding on to all the hair to just suddenly not having any oh, at definitely. all. It's very it's a stark contrast. So it will take time for people to kind of get used to seeing you like that. It's jarring. But the other thing is people that meet you for the first time and that's your that's your look, they won't know any different. And I don't think it it's not a bad look. No, it's not. Um and I, a lot of guys, they're not even, you know, this dude presumably isn't single. Um professionally like that can be a thing you don't want to go into a meeting with bad hair right yeah um but i feel like you go in there with with the statham like that commands a little bit of respect sure sure but there, somebody who's trying to do like a modern cool guy haircut but their hair is thinning bad like yeah there was a dude oh was it robbie maybe it wasn't robbie on one of the bachelors um or bachelorettes and we, we had a name. Like I call it like the thinning fuckboy haircut. <laughs> and it just looks so bad. It's like you're trying to, to be in this young man's game and have this cool, you know, 2018 haircut. But, like, to me, it's like I see what's happening here. Right. I see right. that those power hours sliding back, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Like, so this ends one way. Keep it keep it short. Keep it simple, I think, if you're if you're holding on to it. Don't try to do too much. Don't try it. to do... Yeah. And then definitely don't get into any, like, weird comb-over territory or, you know... Yeah, man, because then you just draw attention to it. Yeah. And you, you don't want to be that guy. And definitely don't do the, uh, oh, God. Have you seen the guys who they try to comb it forward and, like, they have a little oh, bit of yeah. hair oh. and they <laughs> spike up the front? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're just, I, that's all I can look at. Yeah, yeah. Keep it flat. Yeah. Low yeah, to the I, earth. You know, that's that's the other thing. I, I, I reference Larry David as, like, somebody to to not emulate, but that's actually not really exactly right like he looks he owns that horseshoe yes. that he that he has and that's his look but he's not trying to hide the fact that he is bald by doing that you know right so that that's really what i mean it's like it, it what you don't want to do is a bunch of stuff that where you're clearly trying to hide it yeah so you just embrace it for what it is keep it short keep it simple and if the maintenance gets too much or and if you try some things and, and they don't work, they end up not working out for you, try it out. <laughs> try the Statham. Go with Definitely. The, go with the short buzz cut. It'll save you a lot of time in the morning. It will. A lot of stress. Like, once you get rid of it, it's like, well, nothing I can do about it now. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I would just say to most guys out there, as long I mean, you probably don't have that weird of a head shape. It's not going to look that bad on you. No. Like you said, if it... it it does help if you are in relatively decent shape or you're like a slimmer guy. But for anybody out there, I mean, you just just embrace what you've got and, and be and, confident and own whatever you go with. Yeah. I've seen plenty of dudes out there who are rocking the horseshoe and they've got, you know, good looking wives. They're out there killing it. 
They're confident. They own their shit. All right, Dave. That's all that we've got on Club Cool today. Where Man, that's huge. Where can the listeners follow you? You can find me on Twitter and Snap at D Carter Ruff, on Instagram at DC Ruff. Also on the Touching Base podcast. We record Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. All right. You can follow the Club Cool Instagram feed at Club Cool Pod. Just posting a bunch of relevant stuff in there. Trends, fit pics, celeb outfits, talk about TV, talk about movies, just a little bit of everything. I think think it's going really well. Check it out. That's at Club Cool Pod. You can also follow at Club Cool Pod on Twitter, where we'll post some links to things we talk about on the pod. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Barrett Dudley. This has been Club Cool V7. We will see you next week for V8.